This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Second hour of the stretch run here with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. Sully alongside, as always, taking you from work, bringing you home with uh, something to take your mind, to get that transition off of work and back into, ideally, the relaxing nature yes. of, of home. Home. <laughs> ideally. Uh, and I understand someone, some may be going home to crazy screaming children. So hopefully now is the time where you can truly relax and uh, yell at me at the yell at the radio. Yell at me. You know what? You can also call 603-883-9900. You can actually yell at me if you so choose. Now, you'll be wrong, and that's all right. I'm okay with that. But you can absolutely yell at me. I know that I uh, I've yelled at my radio many a times uh, whether listening to Jimmy Murphy or <laughs> Any one of the guys before him, how about uh, Chris? Oh, I yell at Christian Arcan in the radio all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, Tom King, <laughs> Tom is, King is the one I yell at frequently. Yeah, that's, but he's, that's like uh, a softball. You know, <laughs> it's just like a lob. Yeah. It's just easy to yell at Tom King in the radio. So feel free not just to yell at your radio in the car, but you could also give me a call, 603-883-9900. Your New England Patriots had the bye week. Week off. And for the first time in a few years, in my opinion, and I believe I heard Gronkowski say it, this was a good bye week. Perfect. Perfect timing. One of the perfect, one of the only times in years they've had a perfect bye week. It's been too early. They've had the first week. Yeah. They've had the last week. Right in the middle. Yeah. Right Just in when the you middle. Just it, too. This is their halftime of the season. And they're sitting at with... A one-loss record. Only one other team in the entire NFL has a one-loss record. Yeah. They are, right now, top of the AFC. Front runners for Super Bowl. Kind of. Everyone should be. At this point, for New England Patriot fans, they are exactly where you want them to be. Yeah. Let me ask you, Sully, just out of curiosity. Before week one began... Where did you think they'd be sitting right now? Honestly, don't lie to me now. Yeah, I, I thought they would. I had them. I had them losing opening night one. So did I. And then they come out and they do that in Arizona. It completely flipped everything for me. I'm like, all right, the, so they should. They have a chance to go four and zero here. And then you lose your backup, and then your backup to the backup absolutely shreds his thumb and has basically playing with no thumb, and you know ends up on IR and you lose a game that you probably. You probably should have won against Buffalo, but it, this, this time it didn't work out. I didn't have them at a one. I had them at two losses. I didn't have them at one loss here. I had them losing opening night, and I had them losing one of the games when Brady came back. And I didn't think that they would be 
looking as good as they did. And I didn't think Tom Brady was going to look as good as he has. I didn't think Tom Brady was going to come back and all of a sudden be in MVP conversations like and, and be the front runner, apparently. And, and you hear everybody talk about it. But I didn't think he was going to look that good. Like he's like getting four weeks off. I thought there might be a little bit of rust. I might be a little bit of rust, and I thought they threw you a, a softball week five having Cleveland give you an extra preseason <laughs> game, basically <laughs> handing you a preseason game there for him to, to to tune up and get ready for it. He's looked fantastic. He's looked fantastic. He hasn't looked like he's lost a step. So my biggest concern when Brady came back was because the past few years, the Patriots, while they've won and looked good, Except that two and two start yeah. of the the year they won the Super Bowl, the on the Cincinnati year, yeah, they really have not looked good. Even the games they they've won, they've looked, they've come out, they've started slow. Yeah, the team as a whole has started slow, and I wasn't sure whether to attribute that to Tom Brady or whether to attribute that to the offensive line because both yeah. very much were. I don't want to say in flux. The offensive line was certainly in flux. And Brady was getting older, and you never knew. Yeah. Is this the year where, he, where it really starts to show? Is when this is he going to show decline? When is he going to show decline? Is it this year? Same or thing we had. The yeah. Same conversation we had about David Ortiz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When was it going to happen? Oh, here it is. No, no, I guess not. I guess, <laughs> I guess he's taking it back. Oh, here it is. No, no, I, I guess not again. So my question was, who was it really? Because you never really knew. Yeah. Who was it really? Was it the offensive line trying to figure out the schematics, trying to figure out each other? Because it's always a revolving door with that offensive line. Yeah. Especially the only people that are there that are stalwarts there are the tackles who are constantly hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everyone else is just constantly interchangeable. Yeah. So the question was, is it the offensive line? Or is or was it Tom Brady starting slowly? I think we got our answer this year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It was the line. offensive line <laughs> definitely that offensive was really line. starting very slowly. Yeah, and because Tom Brady had four weeks uh, to throw the ball to Giselle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The offensive line was able to try and come together and figure it out prior to his return. Yeah, so and he didn't get killed because of that. That's why I think he's looked at midseason form since week five. Yeah. And we've been able to see it, and that's I really think that answers my question because I always wondered, literally for years now, I wonder which which one. Yeah. Because both looked bad. But yeah. was Brady looking bad because the offensive line did, or was the offensive line looking bad because Brady was holding on to the ball too long? Brady looked bad because he was well. Brady looked bad because he was on his butt half the time. Brady looked bad because he was just taking sack after sack. He was getting but again, hit was he time. not moving as well? Yeah. Or was he not reading it as well? Was he th- just things not processing as quickly? I think the, the answer to the question this year. All you got to do is look at games where he's scrambled out of the pocket and gotten first downs, <laughs> running the Which, uh, running, by the way, running the football. Since when did he turn into since Michael Vick? Since when like, did he? <laughs> since when did he get better? Since when did he get better at running at escaping the pocket? When you get to the age he's at, you're supposed to start going the other way. You're supposed to start going down. Look at Peyton. Look at what happened to Peyton Manning. He had one really good year, and then all of a sudden it fell off, and it fell off. The guy went from being having a, a career year, having an amazing year, to not being able to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. It happens like that. And the see Tom Brady getting better, being more mobile, more mobile. He was never mobile to begin with one. Let's put that out there. He's not a mobile quarterback. He can't he doesn't move very well. He's shifty enough in the in the pocket. He can get away from sacks. He can avoid the rush, but he's not mobile. 
He's looked mobile. He's looked. He's <laughs> he's run the ball a couple times. Where I'm saying, where did this come from? I'm How not, are you picking up first downs? I'm not ready to go as far to say he looks mobile. He like he's, he's moved. He like he's he's moved. But to be able to move fa- <laughs> move faster than he has, like when you get older, you're supposed to slow down. You're supposed wanna, to look like Tom King sitting here. Like you're supposed to age. <laughs> like you're supposed to go backwards. I want to see that 40 yard dash between he and Wilfork now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wanted to see yeah. it the entire time. Oh yeah, I'd love I really, to see it now. Really want to see it now. So for for your New England Patriots sitting there. Do you know the other team that only has one loss? Off the top of your head, don't you? Oh. A one loss, I, I will give you a, a hint. It is not in the AFC. Mm. Oh, uh, it's your uh, it's your your America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Da- Dallas da- Cowboys. It's the rookie show, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. The Dallas freaking Cowboys. They look like, and honestly, they, they look like they're the best team in the NFC. Like that looks like that's, that's what we're dealing with here. And Seattle being the other team, you're facing them this week, you know, but the Cowboys look really good, and and it. I did not see that coming. I didn't know what Dak Prescott was going to be when Tony Romo goes down. I'm saying, all right, well, they might struggle a little bit, and then he played well, and then he continued to play well, and now he's the guy, you know. And they look very good. Yeah, he better be the guy there because if they go back to Romo, they <laughs> will gonna, yeah, choke it, it out again. It's not going to work. Right? I'm just surprised that it's. I actually thought Dak Prescott would be a pretty good professional. Yeah, I did not expect him. He and Ezekiel Elliott, and really that offensive line to lead them. To a seven and one start, yeah. I, I did yeah. not ex- absolutely not expect that at all. However, I, I just figured I'd throw that in. They're the other seven and one team, <laughs> yeah. so no team is undefeated. And there is, I mean, I guess if you want to count two loss teams, let's go two loss teams. Does it count if they have two losses but a tie as well? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole other issue. The ties, how are we gonna feel with that? Uh, two losses but a tie for your Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, but Oakland Raiders seven and two, pretty good team. Seattle sitting at four two and one. <laughs> that I is that tie. <laughs> the next team that your New England Patriots will be facing. We know all about them from the last time. Yeah, Super Bowl that the New England Patriots played them at in that Super Bowl. We, if we'd like to rehash it, we can. Yeah, <laughs> we we can really dive into it. I'm okay with that. The you know beast mode, beast mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, Malcolm really Bobby. quite amusing. <laughs> With all of that said, Pete however, Carroll. this isn't the same team. Yeah. This Seahawks team is not the same. In fact, I, I would argue that their defense is not nearly as good as yeah, it was no, not even close. in that Super Bowl run from a couple years ago. And part of that is due to Michael Bennett. Really, he's just he's he hasn't he's been a shell of himself yeah. if he's on the field, yeah. which hasn't really been the case. He will likely be out of the game against the Patriots, which is a huge bonus yeah. for your Plus. New England Patriots. Yeah. But it's it's Richard Sherman. It's across the board. It's not the same. Doesn't have the same defense. edge. Doesn't have the same. Edge. They were they were they were a terrifying defense when you went into twenty four. There was there was a team that you said I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to face them. The Legion of Boom. The defense and and you didn't want to deal with them. You didn't want to face them. And now that the whole luster of the Legion of Boom, it's all kind of taken a hit. And Sherman keeps talking and and he's gone on about Roger Goodell and he's got other. There's a bunch of other distractions going on behind the scenes. But they're not the same team. They're not the same defense. And this game will be a good game, but it's not. It's not the same. It's, everyone keeps going back to the Super Bowl. It's how not. About, it's how not about the same this, comparison. They're playing tonight, so that's Monday night, yeah. and then they have to travel out east into Foxborough to play on Sunday. Yes, yeah. it's Sunday night, so they actually have a short week. Yeah, and they with, have to with travel travel. <laughs> travel east with travel, yeah. which is a harder, a more difficult travel to go. But they will be, of course, the night game. Yeah, so that helps a little bit. But so they have a shorter week. They're traveling east, and they have to play against the Patriots 
at home where, yes, we understand the Patriots did their one loss, was at home. But they are usually rolling at home, and they are hard to beat at home. Seahawks at home, undefeated. Yeah. Seahawks on the road, one, two, and one. Yeah. Which still makes me laugh. <laughs> one, two, and one. So right now, you're looking at things. If, you, if you're looking at aspects to a game, aspects to any type of competitive balance, you, which way is it going to go? Is it going to go into, into the Patriots' favor or Seahawks' favor? There are a number of check marks. Everything's coming up Patriots. On the Patriots' side. <laughs> Everything's coming now, up Patriots. Let's be realistic. We don't know. I mean, I've seen some great games out of Russell Wilson this year. Yeah. And I've seen some poor games out of Russell Wilson this year. Yeah. And one thing that the New England Patriots over the past few years have struggled with are quarterbacks who can really get outside of the yes. pocket. Roll, go, quarterbacks that can roll. And Russell Westbrook. Uh, well, well, Russell Wilson. Not. Yeah. Not the right spot. <laughs> not, not, not even close. <laughs> right. Russell Wilson, when he rolls out, he doesn't roll out to run. He rolls out to throw. Which, which makes it even harder because you still have to stay in coverage. You know, guys like RG3 when he was in the league, when he ran, you knew he was just running. You knew he was just taking off. You could go after him. You, you knew what he was doing. Russell Wilson rolls out to throw, and he can throw on the run. He's very accurate on the run. So it's not even just you got to deal with the fact that he's moving. You got to deal with the fact that he's moving, and if you go up and try to get him, someone's gonna, he's going to throw it right over your head. He's going to throw it to a tight end over your head. He's going to throw it down the field. So there's a whole other dynamic to that, but he's been hurt. And right. I don't know how healthy is he. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to be like, you know, he's back 100%. He's 70%. I, could, I can't put a percentage on it. But if you get a, a 90% Russell Wilson and he gets out of the pocket and start, starts making plays, it could be a lot interest, more interesting than you thought it was going to be. It could be closer than you thought it was going to uh, be. But here's, I will say, a caveat to that, that attack, that offensive attack. Yeah. There is not the same type of running game. Yeah, they don't have they don't have they don't have beast mode. There's no beast mode. There's I mean there's really nobody. Christine uh, Michael Michael or Michaels? Mike Michaels. I think it's Michael. I don't know. <laughs> His first name's Christine is yeah. what I know. Yeah. <laughs> um he has not he's just he's fine. He's not, he's yeah. adequate. He's not he's not Lynch. But Definitely he's not, not Marshawn Lynch. And that's that's who they've had to rely on is Christine Michael. I really think it's Michael. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not sure that that's the player that you have to be overly concerned about. You have you have to understand what, yeah, he, what he can for do. It. Yeah, but the concern needs to be Russell Wilson and his ability to stretch the pocket, get outside the pocket, and can stretch the play. Yeah. That said, it's is there that injury? Is it really going to hamper him? Are you going to have to spy him, or do you think you can handle not yeah. doing so? Those are questions that I think are easily answered from watching tape and something that the the the, the Belichicks, I was going to say, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. <laughs> Might, as well call them the Patri- right? Might as well call them the Belichicks. It's something that they do well. It's planning, game planning. With an extra week. With an extra week. <laughs> with, a, with a bye week, yeah. Uh, with that extra week involved for your New England Patriots, generally – They've looked very good, especially when they have the extra bye week, the yeah. extra time to, to, and it's at home. Yeah, extra prep time. They're at home against a team that is coming off of what will be a short week and has to travel across the country. Has to go has across, to across the country. Go across the country <laughs> for an NFL for a league that's trying to screw the Patriots. <laughs> they're kind of making it easy. <laughs> they're, they're kind of, you know, oh, hey, we've we'll, after week we'll four. Cleveland Browns and Tom Brady comes back. We'll make a team that is one of the toughest teams in the NFL travel to you <laughs> after a six day, rather than a full six days off. They'll only have five. That They're helping them out. <laughs> they're, they're helping them out a little bit. So, you know, for all the conspiracy theorists out there, 
just just look at what's going on. It's it's coming up Patriot right now. Yeah, which every, is everything is coming up Patriot. Even with the a huge trade, the Jamie Collins trade, which by the way, perfect timing on that too. Doing that the start the bye week gives your players a week to vent to get over it, <laughs> and then to focus on Seattle. And really, the X factor is Russell Wilson, his ability to to stretch a pocket to move. And if he can, if he can, I don't know if he can. I haven't seen enough of him. I haven't watched enough of him this year to know where where his leg is at, where that knee is at. Is he 100%? Is he 90%? Is he 50%? Can he move at all? I don't know. But I do know when he is healthy, he's a, he's, that's the one thing that the Patriots defense struggles with is guys that can get out of the pocket, that can move a little bit, and that can extend plays and extend coverage and make you cover more especially knowing that Russell Wilson can throw it down the field. He's not just running to run. He's running to extend a play and try to make a play. I'm going to ask you this question, and I think it's a good one for Cole Wright, who will be uh, our next guest yeah. here, uh, which I'll, I'll even let you ask it of him if you'd like. <laughs> Tell me, aside from this week, side, aside from this Sunday against Seattle, hosting Seattle, yeah. tell me which quarterback – scares you mm. the most or if there's one that you should even be slightly intimidated by okay mm. you, i'm gonna go down the schedule for you yeah san francisco blaine no. gabbert or colin kaepernick neither. who knows but okay neither this one's even funnier new york jets yeah no bryce bryce <laughs> petty maybe yeah, I was like, who's who's playing is it gonna be fitzpatrick or is it bryce petty not neither neither of them no no los angeles rams do you think jared goff will ever get on the field he should but either way, I'm not scared. Case <laughs> Keenum, no. Okay. Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco. At least Joe Flacco. Eh, I'm not scared of him, but he's a he's a formidable quarterback. Okay. He can play quarterback. Right now he's winning winning in the clubhouse. Yes. Denver, Trevor Simeon? And no. Probably. Not, not unless he's hurt. Paxton Lynch. Yeah, not, neither. Okay. not not exactly threatened by that guy. The New York Jets again. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> At that point, it will definitely be Bryce Petty. <laughs> uh, and finally. Miami Dolphins. The Ryan Tannehill has not been what they thought he would be in Miami, and uh, no, not, not so. Your winner in the clubhouse is Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, is the and it was closest, an eh. <laughs> it right? Was, yeah, it was the an nearest eh. to a putting fear because in he as could a, because as he's a, a legitimate quarterback. He's not like he can actually kind of play quarterback. That's the only reason he wins is because he's an actual NFL quarterback that's shown he can be a true quarterback in this league. Well, let me ask you this then: with let's add the Seahawks in there yeah. into that conversation, a Slightly hampered, maybe probably not a hundred percent. Russell Wilson. I think that's a little bit harder to deal with than a Joe Flacco because I think Joe Flacco's one thing he does really well is throw the ball down the field, and Belichick, as we know, takes your one thing you do well and just eliminates it uh, completely. We are literally at the midway point of this season. Yeah, literally right where the the New England Patriots are seven and one. You have eight games remaining. Yes, literally we are in the middle of the season, and you're telling me. The most feared quarterback is a guy who is probably not even, definitely not even. We don't really know a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's it. that's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the guy I'm concerned about. The seventy percent Russell Wilson that is going to hobble out of the pocket. Yes, uh, that everything. Like I said, everything is coming up Patriots right now. Everything is coming up Patriots. That first four weeks of the season is where I thought they would lose some games and and be in trouble. And then I thought, I, I think the Bengals game was a, uh, somewhat of a question mark. Yeah. And definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers game. They didn't which have didn't, Big which Ben. Did, which didn't end up being that way. You know, you thought you you pinned Pittsburgh and you said, Big Ben, that's a good team. And then he goes down. So every everything right now is coming up Patriots. And 
for the foreseeable future, I don't see where they're going to lose a game. I don't see where it's going to come back to them. Is it this week? That might be that might be the only game left on the schedule that I'm sitting there fearing that they might lose. That I think is going to be they a good game. It will be at Denver. And Denver's We know they defense, can't play in Denver, yeah. You can't, you can't play in Denver, and Von Miller is crazy. Yes. But there's there's a possibility. Just because they don't have the great quarterback yeah. doesn't mean you at watch home, them. Yeah. Denver they didn't at have home. a quarterback last year, and they won a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, and Denver at home is always, is always a tough one. Yeah, we will take another timeout. On the other side, we will have Cole Wright joining us from the NFL Network. It's the stretch run with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy and Sully alongside. I cannot preach. Uh-oh. I cannot preach. Uh-oh. I got to show them how I can't get it in. First, take your sister. Do your dip. Spend your you're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. ESPNNHradio.com. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Find the latest schedules, show blogs, podcasts, and all the breaking sports news in our area, from high school to the pros. Awesome. Want some new apparel? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Visit ESPNNHradio.com for shirts, hats, and all things ESPN New Hampshire. Woo! We've got it all here. Just visit our website at ESPNNHradio.com. Your business in search of commercial property. Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? Well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, flooring, paint and supplies, wallpaper, window treatments, and especially designing and remodeling kitchens and baths. With top-of-the-line products from Advantage, CraftMade, and others, your kitchen or bath will be looking beautiful in no time. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address, featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. Which is worse, 
a trip to the hospital, or the fees and bills that come with it. At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for one game playing in the wild card game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's all I need to know. One game, one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Did you know that there are medical grants available for families struggling with child health-related expenses? The United Healthcare Children's Foundation is currently seeking grant applications from families in need of financial assistance to help pay for their child's health care treatments, services, or equipment not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance plan. Parents and legal guardians may apply for grants up to $5,000 at www.uhccf.org. This has been a public service message from the United Healthcare Children's Foundation. You're listening to the number one sports station in New Hampshire, ESPN New Hampshire. at it here on the stretch run with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy, Sully alongside joining me still trying to get a hold of Cole Wright. No worries if we can. We have plenty to kick around around the NFL. Of course, we will switch gears uh, shortly after, well, shortly after what would have been the Cole Wright spot if we do get a hold of him. It would still be afterward, but we will switch gears to high school football. Get some high school football. Because you know what? Now's the time of year. If you're a high school football fan, heck, if you're just a sports fan and you want to see people really playing for the love of the game, now's the time uh, to really tune in. And uh, we have great coverage of it every Saturday morning uh, from 7 all the way through 11. That's my show from 7 to 9, Granite State Game Day, and then the New Hampshire High School football show from 9 to 11. We cover everything to the point where I was talking about soccer and even had a couple golfers on last weekend. So it's... We really 
cover everything high school sports. And of course, my show, uh, we get to get we get into everything else. Yeah. And uh, I'm itching, itching, Sully. You have no idea. It is inches away from college basketball season. And all <laughs> I want to do is talk about college basketball. And there are more college basketball fans in this area than those stupid stations down <laughs> south of the border will admit. That yeah, you never oh, yeah. want to talk about it. And when I talk about it, people call and they like it and they listen, but they don't want to talk about it now. I want to talk about it yeah. now, but the season hasn't tipped Especially off Especially with yet. Kentucky uh, throwing a beat down. <laughs> I want to recently. talk about it from, from day one. I want to talk about the recruitment. I, I, I could talk about it year round, yeah. but I don't because I know people want to talk about it when it starts by like January. Yeah. People, when people really want to hear because that's when they're starting to think, Who's going to make it? Which tournaments should I watch before the NCAA tournament? Because that is really what you want to get into. But, Sully, it, it's, it's the beginning of November. I can't do that right now, even though I really want to. Yeah. I understand. I get it. Because there's plenty to get to with the NFL. I will wrap up the MLB. And it may be tomorrow based on my yeah. timeline for today. Uh, because I have some, some interesting thoughts about what it means for... Uh, or what the World Series and what you just saw could potentially mean for your Boston Red Sox. I want to get to that. Uh, but it'll probably be tomorrow. And then, again, it's it's high school. We'll talk some college football as yeah. well when we get playoffs. Uh, Gabe Morrissey on. <laughs> and that's it. As we have to start getting into playoffs for everything. We're there for high school football. Yeah. We are talking about it now. Big weekend. For college football. Who's going to land where? Who's really in the top four? And, of course, we're halfway through the NFL season, which is when people really start to look, okay, where are you in the standings? What needs to happen? As we were just doing, we were just looking over not only the Midway point of the year. So we're at the midway point of the year. Checkpoint. I asked you who, of the next eight games, is the scariest quarterback. You said 75% of Russell Wilson. That's about it. That's about all I got. (laughs) I'm surprised you did not say Bryce Petty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I, do they have Mettenberg on that uh, deep on the roster as well? Mm. They have someone else they deeper might be. on that roster as well. They might be. Because Fitzpatrick now has Gino went down. a sprained ACL. Yeah, Gino MCL. MCL, excuse yeah. me. So not as bad as the ACL. So they have no idea who will play <laughs> quarterback for them this coming weekend, which is amusing to me. Amusing to someone who has a lot of uh, extended family and college friends who are from New York and, and are, live in are, New York. Are New York fans. They're New yeah. York and they're Giants and Jets, but it's really amusing <laughs> when it's they just hate Tom Brady and the Patriots because they just suck. Yeah. They yeah. just they don't have, nothing, have They have nothing else to go on. They have nothing else to They can't root for their team. Can't root for Geno Smith. <laughs> can't root for Ryan suck, Fitzpatrick. So they have to root against someone. They gotta root for Ryan, they gotta root for Bryce Petty, hope that he might turn into an NFL quarterback. Like that's that's all you got. If you, if that's all you have, and you you got to root against everybody. I mean, it's kind they, of fun to root against Tom Brady. I would, many, I would think many of the Jets fans were rooting for the Tankapalooza, get the first overall pick, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I guess maybe Deshaun Watson out of Clemson yeah, for quarterback. Sounds like it. You know, that's that sounds like it's probably what they were looking for. But it's really it's really quite amusing. But now at the halfway point. I'm going to ask you to be an analyst and take off your yeah. fan, fan hat for Take me. my fanboy hat off. It's got take it off. Over here. It is actually sitting it's literally right over there. Right, over there yep. <laughs> right in front of me. So keep that off, and I want you to look at it analytically. Halfway through the season, who are truly the front runners for the MVP? Hmm. This is tough. You touched upon it briefly earlier. This in is the tough first because I really, it sounds crazy to say Tom Brady, but I really do believe. 
that what he's shown me, I mean, the only other one I would think of would be Derek Carr. Derek Carr has put up some ridiculous numbers for the Oakland Raiders. They're scoring points left and right. Uh, last night, good win for them last night, showing that they can beat a tough Denver team, beat that defense. And, you know, I would like to say Derek Carr, but Tom Brady has been un- unbelievable, like unbelievable since he's come back. And, yes, he's only played in four games, but those four games have been ridiculous. I mean, maybe Andrew Luck, but his team's not good. See, I don't, I don't like giving MVP to a, a player on a, a bad team just because they carried their bad team. I, I'd rather give it to a player on a good team that's show, you know, that has a good team that's going somewhere, that's going in the playoffs, that's carrying his team to the playoffs. Andrew Luck's a great quarterback and is having a great year, but the Colts, for, for what I've seen, is, have not been good, and, and they're not a good team, and I would, I would hate to just give it to, to him even though his team's bad. You know, I, I, I'd like to give it the MVP to somebody who's carried their team and is going to carry their team to the playoffs, and, and more like Cam Newton last year, he carried the Carolina Panthers into the Super Bowl last year, and he was the true MVP of the league. So far, from what I've seen, I, I not being a fanboy, Tom Brady has been unreal in four games. What is the most – is there a most important statistic for you? Because yeah. now you're talking about quarterbacks only. You haven't yeah. brought in anyone else. Yeah, you're I'm, not talking, usually it's a quarterback. To you're me, not talking think, Ezekiel Elliott. You're not talking Von Miller on the other side of the ball. Those it, are it's hard to, it's possibly hard to go, the only two yeah. that you could bring in. So you're not talking them. So you're, you're focused on quarterback. Focus on what quarterback. if if you're focused on a quarterback? What is the most important, if there is one, statistic? Uh, eh. When you're talking about the best player in the league, and again, you're going right to quarterback. Uh, understandably, so many people do. I'd probably put I'd probably put passing TDs because I'd like to say yards too. But in this fantasy driven NFL now, quarterbacks can put up 500 yards but throw four INT, four ints. You know, and I think. Passing TDs, TDs to INT ratio is probably what I would go with. The consistency TDs to INT, INT ratio, because if you're giving up, if you're throwing, you know, you're throwing four touchdown passes but throwing p- three picks, what, what good does that do? You know, and if your team loses because of that, what good does that do? So, so two of the major statistics in quarterback rating. Yeah. And not passer rating. Yeah, quarterback rating. Quarterback rating. Yeah. Okay. Any idea who the leaders in the clubhouse are there? If you wanted to give me a top five quarterback, for quarterback rating. rating. Hmm. I'm just trying to dissect your argument here to yeah. see if I can break it apart, which I'm not sure I'll be able to, to be honest with you. Because I, I think, well, I would like to think Derek Carr is up there. Derek I'd Carr li- is only 10th. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Derek Carr is only 10th. I mean, I'm, I'm picking Tom Brady. I have Tom Brady in there at some point. Number one. Yep. Um, Andrew Luck's had a good year. I would like to think he's in there at some point. Number nine. So yeah. not in the top not five. In, I'm asking you for five. top five. Hmm. Wow. Ah. Uh, Think about oh Dak Prescott's got to be up there number two got to be up there. Uh, hmm. I think there's a very obvious one you're missing here. Aaron Rodgers. He is. That wasn't who I meant. He is number five. Hmm. Who's had a phenomenal season at quarterback right now? Whose team is six and three? Hmm. I'm, I'm totally dropping Matt ball. Ryan. Oh, true. Yeah. Matt Ryan has a phenom- has had true. a phenomenal the season. The Falcons Matt have Ryan a lot is picking games third. Okay. And in fact, Matt Ryan is third by. Almost solid eight points over the person who's fourth. And Tom Brady is first by almost a solid seven points of who's second. Uh, so you only, you've got Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, someone, and Aaron Rodgers. That number four, that's someone you won't get. So it's Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. He's had, he's had, a, he's had a decent year. I mean, his teams have, you know, the Saints have lost a couple games and tight games, but he is putting up numbers. They're losing games 45 to 42, but they're, he's putting up numbers. He's definitely putting up the yards. I know that much. So you're saying, however, that touchdowns, touchdown to INT, con- consistency, consistency to me is is more important. You know, car- helping your team win because if you're 
if you throw four TDs, but you throw three INTs and your third INT is the one that loses you the game, does that make you an MVP or is that just make you your, your are you just losing the game because of that? You know, I don't I don't take that, you know, yards and all that and the fantasy driven NFL now, all the yards, take your yards. I don't really care about the yards. If you put it into the end zone and your team wins, you deserve to be MVP to me. So are you saying that maybe wins are more important? Wins, yes, but I, I, would, I would like, you know, MVP is an individual award. I don't want to just give it, you know, with wins included in that. You know, I feel like MVP is, you got you to gotta win, but you have to also play well, you know? Like, so I here's my argument. To like Trevor Simeon, if his team goes six and three, you know, that, like, that's Here's going to be my best argument then, because yeah. based on the statistics you gave me, and this is really, I, I was lulling you into giving me everything, giving me a way to tell you you're wrong about who your yeah. MVP pick is. So I apologize for tricking you here. <laughs> Based on everything you're telling me, Matt Ryan should be your MVP. Matt Ryan has 23 touchdown passes Pretty good. to four <laughs> interceptions. Yes, it's a good ratio. They do have three losses. Tom Brady right now under him, yeah. zero losses, also zero interceptions, Yeah, as I'm sure you knew. Uh, Matt Ryan also in the top three for QBR. Matt Ryan also has the most passing yards, which you said, eh, to you. Yeah. But his passing percentage is second behind only, I'm sorry, third behind two people, but who's at the top? Tom Brady. Yeah. Right now, if you're talking about wins, you're talking about uh, the ratio, 12 to 0 or 24, 23 to 4, everything's pointing at Matt Ryan, except the, I guess, three losses to Tom yeah. Brady's none. However, everything, based on what you've given me, everything is pointing at, at Matt Ryan. Halfway point Matt Ryan. And I... He's having a good year, yes, and I've seen it. I've seen that though with the Falcons before as a yes, team. Yes. It, you know, I've seen it, it with them before as a team. They go on this run, they win the first five games, and then they lose eight in a row. You know, and I guess I, I guess I'm just holding out to see them. I didn't know, ask you who you, know, you think moving forward will be. For, I next asked four you games could change everything. Point. You know, I asked you at the halfway yeah. point right now, and again, I'm just poking holes in your argument. Yeah, of course, because that's what I. Do. That's what we do. <laughs> it's, that's, it's sports it, radio. This is that's our job. It amuses me. Yeah. Uh, so I think based on what you're telling me, you think, and even though you didn't say it, it you said it still had a little bias in there. Yeah. You should probably, if you had a vote, which you don't. Matt Ryan would be your guy. Based on what yeah. you told me, Have Matt Ryan year. would be your guy. Now, it's not to say that's going to be the case by the end of the year. Because and maybe it's the Falcons. <laughs> we, yes, you and I can have this conversation even three-quarters of the way through the year. So yeah. give it four more weeks and see if it's still the case. But uh, I would say for you, he's probably the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. With Brady in there, Dak Prescott may be in there. Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, should be at least in the conversation. Yeah, conversation guy. And I'm a big defensive guy so i think von miller should also be in the conversation yeah. because of how much he impacts the game the problem is people want to quantify everything yeah you want to say why is he the mvp so quantify it it's hard sometimes to quantify the impact of a defensive player yeah yes you can say sacks yes you can say total tackles but when you say you okay you he can't had, quantify impact on a game yeah. 18 sacks it's like all right well that was only one a game yeah <laughs> tom brady threw more than one yeah. touchdown a game so what are we yeah. doing here that i think is the differentiating point we're going to take a quick time out uh, because when we get back we will speak with dave haley of nhsportspage.com and get into the uh playoffs yeah and we're talking playoffs thank you have to get into the playoffs and he is of nhsportspage.com you can also hear him every morning with pete terrier here on saturdays 
from 9 to 11 for the New Hampshire High School football show. Of course, they do the same thing for basketball as well, but we need to talk football. We need to talk what happened this weekend, and Dave is the person, perf- perfect person to break that down here on the stretch run with myself, Sean Sendall, filling in for Jimmy Murphy alongside Sully. Keep it locked. Back and forth to my mind behind a Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. I am speaking with Patrick Gillis, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month of October from Exeter High School. Patrick, how are you? Good, how are you, Laura? So, tell me a little about your experience at Exeter High. You played football mm-hmm. four years there. So, it's been a really good experience, both academically and uh, with sports. Like We have... I would say one of the best football programs in the state. I've been constantly making playoffs year after year. And then academically, I've had like multiple options with um, pursuing kind of like the interests I have. So I've had uh, lots of different science classes, and I'm looking to go into engineering in the future. So I've been able to go over to the Seco School of Technology and take engineering classes over there. Nice. Where are you looking to go to college? I've applied to some local schools and then some farther ones too. I'd say probably my first choice would be George Tech. I've also applied to UNH and Clemson and um, some other local schools that better specialize in engineering. How do you maintain a GPA of 4.92 and also maintain football and National Honor Society, National Honor Technical Society, class treasurer, mm. uh, co-president of Students Against Bullying? Like, how do you maintain all these things? Pretty much every morning and early mornings having a meeting before class. And there's a lot of support from like my family and the teachers, too, to just strive to do well. Nominate your son or Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroidered Me in Nashua and Embroidered Me in Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroideredme-nashua.com or embroideredme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroidered Me, your promotional marketing partner. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for one game playing in the wild card game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's all I need to know. One game, one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
Sergeant R.J. Anderson was devastated after learning he would never walk again. My world turned upside down. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. PVA offers amazing support and opportunities. To learn more, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Mike and Mike, Dan Patrick, Christian and King, and a stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. All week long, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Here on the stretch run with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy, Sully alongside. Thanks for joining us here as we take you from work back home. Maybe the most relaxing time of your day listening to me? Probably not, but listening to our next guest here may be the most relaxing time of your day. Dave Haley on the line as we had a number. It was quarterfinal Saturday of high school football. All of that went down this past Saturday. And Dave, I need to start with the biggest question. How'd your Guilford team do? <laughs> I think they had open gym for basketball all weekend long. Tonight. I'll be quite honest. I'm a little jealous. I mean, if you could start basketball earlier, I'm all right with that. These teams are in the – I have basketball coaches already texting me saying, I'm ready to roll. Like, when are we getting going with basketball? But we got, we got two more weeks of football here, so uh... – but uh, the kids who have lost Londonderry, you know, Winnicunit, those kids are all in open gym now getting ready for the next phase. But we still got eight teams left around the state and uh, going to be down, uh, well, excuse me, 12 teams, and we'll be down to six uh, next weekend. So a uh, couple of surprises this weekend and a couple of games we kind of went the way we thought. It well, was. there you go. That's what I, where I wanted to start, Dave. What were the biggest surprises from just this past Saturday? Oh, I think Bo beating John Stark uh, for the second time at John Stark yeah. uh, was the biggest upset of the weekend, no question about it. Um, you know, John Stark had a flaw, and it ended up being a fatal flaw, and that's that they, they weren't great stopping the run. And at this time of year, if you can't stop the run, you're not going to be around too long. I was very surprised. Uh, the injury to Drew McQuarrie that uh, moved him to tight end from quarterback you know, his brother Parker McCoy did a really nice job, but I think that hurt them, no question about it. Um, but, you know, uh, that was the upset of the day. Lebanon almost got Hanover. That was a 13-10 game, but things really played out the way we thought they would in Division One, with all the home teams winning. Yeah, and for Division One, it really it did play out the way you expected, to all the way to the point where that uh, North and Bishop Girton game was, again, just scoring. If you took the over in this game, uh, you were good because there was scoring, scoring, scoring. It was the type of game, Dave, that Coach B loves. It, more scoring, uh, the most, you know, get in that end zone, fly up and down the field. Uh, defense is all, you know, it's questionable. If it happens, it happens. No big deal. Yeah, it was, you know, it basically was a repeat of what we saw the week before. So if there were adjustments made, the adjustments didn't really work. Um, and BG just could not stop Nash or it. I mean, it's as simple as that. And, and, and again, you know, not to beat the point home, but if you can't play defense at this time of year, you're not going to be around. And Merrimack, everybody talks about 
the fantastic, you know, the record-breaking year Justin Grassini has had, and and Joe Eichmann and Justin Weiser and and Tyler Daniel. But those guys play defense, and you know Danny McKillop and and Daniel really lead that defense, and they they can hit people. Um, Merrimack is a a very 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 good elite offensive team, but they're also a very good defensive team. And that's why you know they and Bedford are the two favorites to win the state title. If you can't play defense, you're not you're not going to be around. And right now, North, uh, I'm a little worried about their defense going into Exeter next week, but we'll see. Uh, Dante Lorende's done a great job with that crew, uh, but it's going to be a tough test going into Exeter next week. Is Exeter getting overlooked a little bit this year? With everyone's talking about Bedford Merrimack, this are these are the two best teams. This should be the championship. Exeter has a, has had a pretty damn good season as well. Yeah, they have. I mean, but you know, they lost to Portsmouth at home. They they almost lost to Winnicott on the road. They had a really tough time with South. They had to pull it out and make some big plays last week at home to win that game, and they did. To all the credit to them, I don't think Exeter ever gets overlooked. I mean, Exeter sure. <laughs> I've been, you know, pretty much in this thing. It's like saying, are Alabama and Ohio State getting overlooked? I mean, Exeter's Exeter. I mean, they're a monster. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think the eyeball test tells me they're not quite at the level of Merrimack and Bedford. We'll see. They're going to have a chance. If they can beat North, they're going to play the winner of that game at UNH in two weeks, and they'll have a shot at it in the, the final football game, the high school game in the state of New Hampshire. But uh, I think they're properly ranked. You know, they're in the top three, top four of the power rankings, and, no, I don't think they're getting overlooked. I think most people expect they'll be at UNH in two weeks. Well, let's talk about that eye test for that Bedford-Merrimack game. Merrimack, I've been talking about their defense since I was fortunate enough to see them play central. Uh, but the one aspect, I, I love their defense in a sense that they fly to the ball. But what I question is that their defensive line are the size of many linebackers throughout the state of New Hampshire. They aren't the biggest group. I'm not saying they're not strong by any stretch of the imagination, but they aren't the biggest group that you'll see. Is that a, going to be a problem moving forward, or is that have they already learned how to make that their advantage? I don't know. We'll find out, really, because I think the team that could really hurt them that way would be, would be Bedford. They... You know, they've gone up against teams like Salem that, that pound the ball on the ground and they've been able to stop them. They're athletic and they're strong and they're quicker. They're kind of, their linemen are quicker to the ball. They're not sort of, the, you know, the big, you know, the big guys that take up a lot of space. They're yeah. more agile and athletic. They can certainly hit. I don't think it will make a huge difference. I don't see a team with a dominant offensive line. Bedford last year had a, a really, really good offensive line. They lost four of those five seniors. Uh, this year on the fly, they've been able to really regroup. But, I, you know, we'll find out if Bedford carves them up on the ground, but I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a fatal flaw. Merrimack's defense is probably underrated at this point, and uh, I think they showed it and only given up seven points to Goffstown this weekend. Well, we I cannot speak to you and not bring up Division Three at least in a little a little bit Thank here. You. Thanks for appeasing me. Uh, I appreciate. It. I'm listen, Dave. I've sat with you long enough that I, I have to. You know, once in a while, I have to. That's why you only get the hair metal songs every so often, just enough to make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do. I got Stevie Wonder as my playing music today. I mean, you didn't even have anything prepared for him. Hey, you know what? This was not up to me, and I did not prep the Sully, my producer here. Why? Because I just wanted to see what he would choose. I really did out of fake. out of pure the amusement. Wouldn't have killed you. Out of pure amusement for myself here. Very selfish reasons. Very selfish. <laughs> Division three. Let's moving forward. Let's look at uh, Interlakes took care of Winnesquam as to be accept, expected. In fact. 
there were three shutouts, and I can't say I expected that uh, in the playoffs here in Division Three. Moving forward, what can we expect? Is it uh, kind of chalk what we expect to see at UNH, or what do we expect to see well, moving forward? You know, Mananak was able to beat Stevens. Um, you know, I wouldn't say decisively, but they uh, at the end of the season beat him by two or three touchdowns. They're going to get him again at home. I think Mananak's going to be really hard uh, to beat on their home field. I think they're going to be hard to beat on any field but in their home field i think that's going to be a tall task for stevens but stevens had a very very good season they got a great wide receiver in parker smith and a good young quarterback and sophomore henry bork uh, and paul silva does a great job of those guys uh interlakes Moneboro in a game we covered on na sports page i think back in week two uh interlakes uh Moneboro beat up on bishop brady 35 to 7 and as it happened bishop brady never lost again um they've gotten better and, you know, so they're ready for a rematch this weekend. We'll see how it goes. I still think, you know, like Moneboro is your big favorite in that game, uh, having beaten, you know, Brady 35-7. to But we'll see. Brady's a great story. They only have 21 kids on the entire roster. So the job that those coaches have done over there, <laughs> Pete and I and Matt Shaw, their head coach on our show last week, you know, they've done a terrific job. They, he, that should be your coach of the year in that division, Matt Shaw. But, um, but, no, I think they should both be good. But I think – in two weeks, if you see Interlakes Molenborough play Mananock again, uh, I think at, at UNH on a turf field, I think that has a chance to be an excellent game. All right, last question, Dave. Aside from the Bedford-Merrimack game, what is the best game this weekend? Um, I think the game I'm heading to, I don't know if it will be the best game, but uh, I, I'm excited to see Wyndham-Plymouth. I think it's fun to see Plymouth in this again. they got a huge win over St. Thomas. And I think Jen Chick, uh, Ruth, and I are going to head over there and cover that game at Mount Jaguar on Saturday. That should be a really fun game. As far as the best, closest game, I think that Bo-Hanover game could go either way up in Hanover. I think Bo is critically underrated, and uh, that should be a really, really good test. The fact that Hanover or Bo is going to be playing a UNH in two weeks, nobody would have called that <laughs> back in late August. So uh, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to be excited to see either one of those two teams make it to UNH. All right, Dave Haley of NHSportsPage.com. Also hear him Saturdays right here on ESPN New Hampshire from 9 to 11, the New Hampshire High School Football Show. Dave, I'll see you this weekend, man. All right, buddy. Thanks, Thanks a lot. John. Dave Haley, once again, I appreciate him coming on, really breaking down everything. And there's, uh, there are so only a handful of people that can say they've been and seen so many teams throughout the state. It's Dave, it's Pete Terrier, and... Uh, my good friend, another good friend, uh, Joe Marchalina. Those guys see everybody in everything. So I appreciate always talking to them, speaking about the games, and, of course, reading all of their – and for Dave site, watching all of the video as well, everything. Uh, really, just great coverage in the state of New Hampshire. And make sure you keep it locked here on Saturday mornings uh, for more coverage of New Hampshire High School Athletics. Two hours are in the book, Sully. Two hours down. Two hours are in the books. They just fly by, and we only have one more to go. Here on the stretch run, Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. Sully alongside. One more to go.